if there's a man out there or a woman out there who uh, knows that in their marriage they have this kind of uh, love that is touched with a dose of the sacred, this is the kind of stuff that has transformed many of our relationships into what were joyous, non-expressed loves into more regularly expressed love. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the Executive Director of Family Life and best-selling author Dennis Rainey. Join us as we hear another way that a group of men chose to express their love today on Family Life Today. Welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us on the broadcast. And uh, if you were here yesterday and you thought the men of the Titanic were the most romantic guys you've ever heard of in your life, today (laughs) we take you to Camelot. (laughs) Yes, and if your husband is not listening to the broadcast today, and if by chance he missed yesterday, call him. (laughs) If he was listening to yesterday, he's listening again today. That's right. Because we promised a better broadcast today than we had yesterday. Well, at least a a more romantic evening. uh, Well, Michael Jordan outdid himself on this one, didn't he? (laughs) You're talking about Mark Montgomery, who's pastor of uh, Rossford United Methodist Church in Toledo, Ohio. And we ran across a story about uh, the men of the Titanic, which is a group of men that he formed, about 15, as I recall, who uh, wanted to show their wives that they cared about them. And so they they set aside an evening to recreate, um, well, the evening that the Titanic sank. Mm -hmm. And uh, they created the menu. They took training on uh, how to prepare a and serve a five-course meal for their wives. They uh, had embroidered napkins for their wives. They uh, dressed up, uh, sang love songs, read love letters on parchment, and together sang uh, the hymn that was uh, being played by the band when uh, the Titanic went down. And the reason for the name Men of the Titanic is because those men on the ship laid down their lives uh, for their wives and their children. And uh, what Mark wanted to capture was that same idea of sacrificial love. And it went over so well. The wives enjoyed it so much that they said, you must never try to top it. You must never do anything like this again. And that's why we decided to include this in our romance series for uh, husbands and wives. We've been talking about how to do a better job as men communicating romance and love to our wives. And when we ran across Mark and the men of the Titanic, we decided nobody in all of life has ever done it better (laughs) than these guys. And that's what the wives were saying. But the men said, no, we can do even better. And so they took four years to plan another event. And that's what we're going to hear about on today's broadcast. This is part two of an interview that we did with Mark Montgomery, the leader of the men of the Titanic. Well, Mark, after the success of the evening you had for your wives with uh, the theme of the Titanic, you guys decided to try something that would outdo that. Is that right? Yes. Once again, I had an idea, and I I plotted out uh, less of it than I did the first time, but had the basics outlined in reasonable detail, and the men who I had come to love and trust were able to fill in the blanks, and there were some Uh, really excellent ideas that came from the group itself this time. Uh, This was not a group of men that knew each other to begin with. 
they have come to know each other and come to have an identity that is precious. There's a real camaraderie that comes from, well, it's the kind of male bonding that has nothing to do with hunting and fishing and going to a ball game. Uh, it's the kind of bonding that happens when a man sits down and says things that he's never, ever said to anybody, let alone another man, things like, how do I express my love for my wife? Can I sing for her? How do I write a love letter? Or here's a love letter I've written before. Uh, what can I do to make that better? That's okay, not... okay, Mark, you're getting carried away again. I, w- <laughs> I want to get you back to the I'm event. Sorry, yeah. We we got listeners that are gonna they're gonna file lawsuits against Bob and me if we don't get to this next event. Well, this uh, the second event came from an idea that my image of these women that we love is that they are of noble character, and the Bible asks the question in Proverbs 31: a woman of noble character who can find she is like a treasure and more valuable than rubies and there's a royalness about that the bible also calls christians a royal priesthood i put the two of them together and i decided our wives were in fact royalty not by blood or lineage but by the grace of god and that we could call them royalty and so the idea was if we can call them royalty let's coronate them queens and we will be the knights that serve them. Now, this sounds funny, but if you hang with me while I explain it, it'll make sense in the end. We decided a year in advance that we were going to become knights. And to become knights, we had to serve our queens and go on quests. So the men outlined quests that they would seek for months in the names of their wives. Then we would aim at an event no, no, wait, no, wait, hold, hold, hold. What yeah. kind of quest are That's you right. Yeah, Bob and I are looking at each other going, hold it, hold it. Well, the the, uh, the quest varied from man to man. Uh, some of them were collective. Some of them were uh, intensely personal and private. I'll give you some of the examples. Um, one man gave up smoking. Another man journaled to his wife every day for a month about her, what she meant to him on a day-by-day basis for a month. Another man wrote a love letter every week for several months. Another man joined with two other of his friends from this group, and they would load up a truck with food, beverages, tools, parts, and go up and down the highway looking for people to help. And when they'd find somebody to help, they'd say, I'm doing this because I'm inspired by the example of my wife who sacrifices for others. I'm on a quest to help people in her name. Mm. <laughs> Man. There had to be some stranded motorists who thought, what is going on here? The other were. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine, two friends of mine, Frank and Bill, and I did this one day, and uh, we came across a fellow who, um, who just didn't buy it. He just didn't buy it. He'd look at us, and you could just tell. This, he thought that we were after something else. And uh, so we knew what he needed. We got a little list. We ran to this, to this gas station to get what he needed to fix him up. And by the time we got back, he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> he thought you guys were going to hold him up, didn't he? <laughs> Not sticking around for the crazy guys to come back. Uh-uh. What, regardless of what he thought of us, he wasn't going to stick around. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep going. What happened after the quest then? Well, the quests were just part of our preparation for the event. Well, the, one of the greatest quests, and I, I, I think this is one of the more profoundly moving quests, we got permission from the state of Ohio and Wood County to take 10 acres of land and to plant a forest on it. And we planted 1,325 trees, 
hardwood trees uh, over a period of two weeks. And the state is allowing us to put a bronze plaque, like one of those historical markers up, which says that this forest and uh, nature preserve was planted in honor of noble women. (laughs) And then a list of the women's names, Hmm. and it ends by, uh, by saying, planted by the men who adore them. Wow. Now, did you dig those holes and plant those trees yourself? 1,325 holes. (laughs) It sounds like you still have vivid memories of many of those holes. Yes, I do. It truly was an enchanted forest, huh? (laughs) We we also made a promise that once a year we'll go back and and reforest what dies and gets eaten, and that'll come in June. Those quests help us prepare ourselves for the event, and the event included, uh, again, the multitude of details. The women only knew the time that we would be gone. This time it was a whole weekend. We went to Sawmill Creek Resort here in Ohio, and they knew exactly what our itinerary was and worked with us in great detail. They were wonderful folks there. We, um, we had um, several surprises. The Tommy Dorsey Band was in that weekend, and we did this on purpose. We knew that our wives had looked at us during our marriages at least 20 times, every one of us, and said, wouldn't it be great someday if we could learn how to ballroom dance? And every one of these men had always looked at his wife and said, no way. (laughs) So we invited in people who taught us to do ballroom dancing. The Tommy Dorsey Band was there. There was the opportunity for dancing. The women didn't know it was coming. Uh, Those are the kinds of things that we did. We scheduled receptions and and other kinds of entertainment that were fitting for the weekend. But the main event, again, was a banquet, which we served to the women again. And each course came from the coronation banquets of one of the great queens of history. We got on CompuServe on our computers and found cooks who did research for us. One was from London, England, and he helped us organize this this menu. Hmm. Uh, We researched a coat of arms and had a coat of arms embroidered on royal purple napkins, and each element of the coat of arms, which is in the shape of a heart, represents a symbol of our affection for our wives, which we described to them during the course of the evening. So we once again sang love songs. We talked about our quests. We talked about great queens of history, and one of the things that queens receive when they are crowned is an homage So each man wrote an homage to his wife, which he stood up and said in response to the question, uh, in case it was being asked to me, it would go like this. Sir Mark, if you were to describe a woman whose quality and character would match the great queens of history, what would that woman be like? And then I would stand and I would say, such a woman would be, and then I would describe my wife without saying it was her until the end when I would say, and such a woman sits here beside me. Well, as soon as one man had done that, the other 15 women knew their turn was coming. (laughs) And you could just see the intense excitement. The men got up one by one and paid this homage to their wives publicly of what they thought of them and how they adored them. When we were done, we cleared the dishes again. Ship's bell rang. We went out to put white gloves on and escorted the women to another room where we had decorated uh, the room in medieval banners and a wrought iron chandelier and a sword on a middle table and Bible and the the, uh, coat of arms. And we had written a a coronation ceremony. We had written a creed and a coronation prayer and the um, 
the entire event was uh, designed to the last detail, including a piece of jewelry we had made. It was a little necklace with that uh, was made in the shape of a crown and a scepter with two diamonds and a ruby on it. And that was laying on the table near the sword. And after the process of explaining the coronation, we each took those crowns and put them around the foreheads of our wives. And we each had something private to say at that time. And when that was over, we put the, the crowns around their necks, and it was done. Would you be willing to share with our listeners what you said to your wife? <laughs> well, I will. It, it, uh, I hope it doesn't offend any of the other ladies that were there. But what I said to my wife is something that I have thought and believed from the beginning, that all of these events and all of the opportunities that these other men have had to share with their wives came as a direct result of her inspiration to me. Hmm. It's because of her that I found out what loving is like. It's because of her that I translated my love into an event which others could share. She is the inspiration for these expressions of love. I genuinely feel that. And I know every other man in that group felt the same way about their wife. But what I wanted Rebecca to know is that that sweet angel is the reason why I can write what I write and do what I do and say what I say and share it with other men who then turned around and did it with their wives. She's the source. Yeah, Mark, i got to believe that uh, these events have had a profound impact on the marriages, which were already great marriages, but it just has uh, taken them to a, a level that many men have never gotten to before. You're right. I have a file full of letters that these women have written. Some of them sat down and talked into tape decks. Um, I have done a poor job today of describing the hundreds, uh, even thousands of details but these women were moved by each of those details. It's so overwhelmed that when they write about them or talk about them, it, it's, uh, it's almost overwhelming. And so these marriages are blessed over an extended period of time as these events are recalled and talked about and the stories are told and retold. It has a profound and lasting impact, even if for no other reason than the women know their men are capable of doing something that... Hmm. They don't hear about any other men doing. Hmm. You know, Mark, there's one other uh, beneficiary of, of your acts of honor of your wives, and that's got to be the children. Has this had an impact on them as they have watched their dad go to such uh, detail and uh, such sacrificial exhaustion uh, to pour his life out on behalf of his wife? What's been the impact on them? Not just my kids, but all the other kids. We... Um we did our last event, which was we called the Knights of the Realm, on Mother's Day weekend, and all the children came in on Sunday. Uh, after we had our own little worship service, they came in on Sunday at noon and surprised their moms by being part of the weekend. So all, not only did the kids know what's going on, they were involved in the last event. Those kids have begun to call themselves the Cot the children of the Titanic. <laughs> in a world where they see all the other par kids at school and their parents are arguing and getting divorced, um, they, I think, take a great sense of security and comfort in knowing, I not only have parents who are together, but this is, I got super glue parents. They are, they are into each other. So it does have a profound impact. I think it makes them feel more secure. I've got a public confession to make, Bob. Yeah. 
I used to think I was a kind of romantic guy. <laughs> Mark, I just want you to know, you win, buddy. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm a zero. I've got a public confession to make, too, but this is on Dennis's behalf, okay? <laughs> Barbara, his wife, has been wanting him to learn how to ballroom dance for years. <laughs> You've really put it to him today well, here, Mark. What she doesn't know, Mark, and I have it down for this year, is secretly I am lining up ballroom dancing to learn it on behalf of my wife because it's just discouraging to her to dance with me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to share this story with uh, with us and with our listeners. And uh, do you have another event planned? Yes, we do. Uh, there are uh, these are just too good to pass up. There, there's there's too many good ideas to uh, to not continue to do this. We figure that every three or four years. We're going to take one of these ideas and implement them and find new and creative ways to express to our wives what we feel. There's no lack of ideas, and it can be repeated. Uh, it's like saying I love you. You can't wear that out. And these are, these are ideas I think have merit over time. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Uh, we'll, we won't blow your next idea here on the radio. But no, I wouldn't let you. <laughs> can, we, uh, can we check back with you after you've had it? Sure. I, one of the, the things that we have wrestled with as a group, for years we have been doing this, and we decided every year we're not going to tell other people about this or share this or make it an open group. There was a selfishness about that. It was something that we owned and that we did, and we didn't know uh, of anybody else who'd done anything even close to these kinds of things. But as the story was told from one friend to another and among family members, uh, the group began to say, you know, this is something that other people could do, maybe they ought to do, maybe we're being too selfish in, in keeping the ideas and the means by which we do them to ourselves. And so after much discussion and, and uh, prayer and thought, we decided, all right, we're going to write this stuff down so that others can do this kind of thing with a lot less hassle than we did because we had to invent it all from scratch. And so the idea that we're talking about on the radio today and that uh, that we're writing about now, I think is a good thing for other men, other families to consider doing, if for no other reason than to learn how to express what we feel and feel so deeply in ways that have profound impact on the marriage and on the sense of completeness of that marriage, the joy of it. Well, I can imagine there will be some uh, Titanic men, Dennis, uh, who have been driving along today listening to this and thinking, <laughs> i got to do that. <laughs> well, Mark, I want to thank you for being with us because as you were just uh, speaking, I was thinking of Hebrews chapter 10, uh, which really talks about um, how we're living out a new life. And it says in verse 24, And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. And I think in a... Uh, practical sense in in the most holiest of senses too you have done that by uh, sharing of your sacrificial love for your wives and by sharing this idea with our listeners and uh, I pray that there will be a lot of those men of the Titanic uh, spring up all around the United States and uh, I just pray your tribe increases Mark thanks for being with us you're welcome thank you for having me
Well, once again, uh, we have been listening to Mark Montgomery, the Michael Jordan of romance. I love the way you put that, Dennis. Uh, it is unbelievable what these guys have done as a way of expressing their love and their appreciation for their wives. You know, I've got to believe that uh, Michael Jordan uh, used to challenge a lot of people when he played basketball to get better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's happened today and yesterday with Mark Montgomery and his Men of the Titanic. Uh, They have challenged us to be men uh, who do a better job loving our wives. And uh, I think that's our assignment as men, to make our wives feel valued, treasured, respected, esteemed, um, to make them feel loved. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we can say words of love, but they don't feel loved. And uh, The way you do that, I think, is to do something that costs you something. Mm -hmm. Now, those guys dug 1,325 holes to uh, plant an enchanted forest. But they also, uh, some of them gave up smoking. Some of them uh, wrote in journals for 30 days for their wives. Uh, They gave up habits. They did some things for their wives. Uh, You know what your wife would really love for you to do on her behalf. Why don't you become a man of Camelot? Right now, decide to become God's man and uh, perhaps ask the Lord before you go home this evening from work or if you're already there, say, Lord, would you give me the courage, the strength to be your man in knowing how to communicate your love to my wife? And you know what, Dennis? If, uh, if men or women decide that they want to make this the year of romance in their marriage. Uh, we have got their their training regimen here. We, we've got their workout routine set up for them and what we put together in Simply Romantic because it is 12 months worth of romantic activities and ideas for couples, 60 of them for men and 60 of them for women. And you know, I have seen books before that had romantic ideas suggested and I've thumbed through them and I've thought, no, no. Oh, absolutely not. You know, it's it's like this is one person's idea of romance, but the ideas that are contained in Simply Romantic are ideas that we have uh, collected from hundreds of Family Life Marriage Conference conferees across the country. This is not just uh, one person's idea of romance, but they're the most tested, most agreed-upon romantic ideas for men and women. You know, one of the things that has always characterized our ministry here at Family Life is we have sought to be biblical as well as practical. And if you couple those two things together, being biblical and practical, you result in something being effective. And we want marriages to be both biblical and practical. We want marriages to be effective as they as they build a relationship with one another. And Simply Romantic is a practical, biblical tool that will help you as a couple build romance back into your marriage if you've lost it or keep it alive if it's already there. Again, the collection is called Simply Romantic, and it's not just ideas. We've included an audio cassette that has romantic music on it that also has romantic ideas on it. We've got uh, a romance questionnaire that couples can fill out to share with one another. These are the things that I enjoy romantically. Uh, There's a booklet included where, Dennis, you write about why romance needs to be a part of every marriage. It's a great collection. Again, it's called Simply Romantic, and if you'd like to receive a copy of it, call us or write us here at Family Life today. The cost for the collection is $19.95 plus $3 for shipping and handling. 
And, you know, the tapes of this series would also be a good thing for husbands and wives to get and listen to together. Uh, Perhaps your husband or your wife has not been able to hear some or all of this series, and by getting the tapes, you can listen to them together and then have an opportunity to discuss romance in your marriage. If you'd like to receive the tapes, it's 13 broadcasts on six audio cassettes in an album entitled Creating a More Romantic Marriage. The cost for the tape album is $30 plus $5 for shipping and handling. If you'd like to write us, our address is Family Life Today, Box 8220, Little Rock, Arkansas. Our zip code is 72221. Once again, it's Family Life Today, Box 8220, Little Rock, Arkansas. And our zip code is 72221. Toll free, you call us at 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. And if you're interested in additional resources for a more romantic marriage, uh, when you call or write, ask about uh, some of the books we have available and some of the other resources that we can provide you to help build romance in your marriage. Of course, one of those resources is our Family Life Marriage Conference. We have more than 40 of those scheduled for this spring, and uh, there is likely one in a city near you. We'd love to have you attend one of our Family Life Marriage Conferences. Ask for a free brochure when you call us or write us at 1-800-FL-TODAY. Well, you know, we've really been talking over the last five days about how women view romance. Even what Marcus talked about here on the broadcast uh, yesterday and today, Dennis, has been uh, how men can communicate romance to their wives. Tomorrow, we're going to turn the corner and start talking about how men view romance. And before we talk to wives about that, uh, we need to talk to men about how they view romance because some of them are confused about what romance means to them. So uh, let's invite the men back uh, on tomorrow's broadcast. And wives, if you want to tune in and eavesdrop, I guess that's all right. (laughs) We hope you can join us. Mark Whitlock is our engineer. Dennis Rainey is our host. And I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas, a ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ.